back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 4, Little Boys. And with me, as always, is my wonderful wife, who's beautiful, smart, but... Hi, Jen. What is my butt? (laughs) Uh, You're Messy Bessie. Okay. I'll take it. And you interrupt my sleep when I'm snoring. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, definitely a downside. <laughs> is my butt that I snore? Is that like the biggest thing? <laughs> your biggest complaint about me? Yes. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> he's funny. He's successful. He's handsome. But he snores like a motherfucking freight train. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people would walk away from that pretty quickly. <laughs> like you could take away one of those other things. <laughs> And they'd be okay, but... Well, this episode, wow. I I have so much to talk about. <laughs> yes. It was very interesting. Interesting? Interesting. I thought it was hilarious. This is... Uh, there are so many jokes that you and I repeat often. Mm-hmm. The storylines were simple, and yet they were so well done. There were so many layers mm-hmm. to it all. There was a lot of deceit going on. Yes, it was another one of those brilliant mastermind Barney scenarios. <laughs> right. um, I don't really have anything to to cover before we get started. Did you? No. Okay. So we'll jump in. We start off with a little misdirection from the Ted character. He starts off talking about, you know, all the excitement of things going on in New York City. But then we cut to the gang who's just hanging out at home. Throwing peanuts at Marshall's mouth. It's actually, it, the script says peanuts, but it's actually pretzels. I know that's a small oh, is it? correction to make, <laughs> but yeah, I looked closer the second time when you were watching it and noticed that it was pretzels. And they're counting, he gets up to 100. I mean, it's impressive. And then they just give up after 100. They should have kept going. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't. Or if they did, I'm glad we didn't have to see it. Right, I'm not saying that they should have showed it, but why do you get to 100 and stop? It's interesting that... A few of them were dressed really nicely as if they were going to be going right. out, and yet Ted was, like, casually dressed in a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a weird start to it, but, yeah. Segues into Lily saying that she has somebody to set up Robin with, which He's, is interesting to do around Ted. I guess maybe they're... They seem to be in a comfortable place now. Yeah. And Ted, you know, she describes him very positively. Ted wants to know what is his quote-unquote, but. And they go through some scenarios of when this has actually occurred with them. Uh, Barney trying to introduce someone to to Ted, and this is, we only hear this in their minds. Mm-hmm. These sort of flashbacks, and the butts are always in the, in the minds. They don't say them out loud, but right. this girl's a dead tooth. Marshall's introducing someone to Ted who has a pug that she pushes around in a stroller. Maybe the pug is old. Sometimes people have to push their doggies around in a stroller. Why would you push your... (laughs) To get the dog outside. I've seen that before. Like, really old dogs. So they can still go outside. In a stroller? You've seen that? I mean, on the internet, not in real life. (laughs) (laughs) But I've heard of that. Or, like, wagons or something to, like, let the doggy experience outside if they can't walk. Okay, maybe. Or maybe she's just a weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's probably more likely. Uh, one that Lily is trying to introduce to Ted, who had to get a restraining order against her. I like Ted's line. I'm still convinced she killed my turtle. I'm 
just confused as to why Lily would set somebody up if she knew this information about them. Well, everyone had, you know, people can get a free pass on, you know, having one bad reaction to a breakup, I guess. A restraining order? Maybe it was an overreaction. I'm not saying that it was a good setup, but... <laughs> I mean... Although, if, if, if Ted suspects her of killing his turtle, then there's probably some foul play there. Yeah, I just... What, she had kidnapped the... The, the vacuum cleaner and the cat both went missing. <laughs> it just, you know, I think it's a pretty safe rule that if somebody has ended a relationship with a restraining order, maybe don't set them up with a new person that you care about. So Just a it, thought. Is there, like, a deeper connection between the fact that this guy's vacuum cleaner and cat both went out, went missing? Is there... <laughs> is I that combination, like, supposed to clue us off to anything? I think it's... Because then he says that I think she killed my turtle, so right. maybe... She killed the cat, cleaned up with the vac- I mean some of it with the vacuum and then figured she better just take the vacuum or are those just just two random things. Right. Yeah. It's hard to say. Well, and then we get a story about Lily setting Barney up with someone, which I was like, Lily would never do that. Yeah, that is strange. <laughs> the they finally get the butt out of Lily, and that is that he has a kid. Right. And so everybody is just like, oh, no, you know, Robin's not going to go with a guy with a kid. And Robin objects, I don't hate kids. And Ted says he <laughs> reminds her of a good story of even when she was a kid, she hated kids. And we get a flashback to a young, very young Robin and another little girl being her little sister. I forget her name. Do you remember? Caitlin or? Katie? I Something. Think, I think it's Katie. And Katie asks if she'll watch cartoons with her <laughs> Young Robin says, I go to school all week. Can't I just have five minutes to myself to read highlights and drink my juice? <laughs> it's a good scene. I like it. And very well casted, because the, mm-hmm. the young Robin looks a lot like Robin. She actually played, remember 500 Days of Summer? Mm-hmm. She played the younger version of Summer. Oh, really? Yeah, in a flashback during the movie. She has a lot of younger versions of main character acting experience. She's really getting typecast. It's mm-hmm. funny. But Robin says that she's fine with this. She wants to, she wants to meet this guy. There was a, kind of a strange set of a, I a simile, a, I guess. Right, yeah, I put metaphor. I think as we've never really <laughs> resolved this. No, we did. <laughs> but I think you're right. This, this one's a metaphor. Whereby she says she likes sports cars, but she doesn't want to have one driving out of her vagina. Right. I like Barney's shotgun <laughs> comment. Right. But that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it's it's it, not it's not a perfect metaphor. No. And then Marshall <laughs> points out that, you know, it's not out of bounds that they would think that she wouldn't be interested in this guy and makes a Garfield comparison that they wouldn't set Garfield up with Mondays, which I enjoy. <laughs> not everyone may none of our all of our listeners may oh. know who Garfield is. That's true. Did you read Garfield when you were younger? I did. My brother was obsessed with Garfield. Now, for folks that are much younger than us, you probably don't remember having newspapers with comic strips in right. them. So the you know the Sunday newspaper, I think even just some of the, maybe during the week too, yeah, the weekly would have too. repeatable comic strips in them, like the but peanuts. But the Sunday ones would have color comics. That's versus true. Black and white comics. There's the, the Family Circle. There were some of like the more dull ones, like Mary Worth, which were more like soap operas and not <laughs> fun for kids. Right. 
And Garfield was one of them, which was a, about a, a, kind of a fat cat. A literal cat. Hey, we're getting another cat reference. I wonder if that's a coincidence. <laughs> and, and you he could hated hear, Mondays and he liked lasagna. Yeah, you, you could hear this cat's thoughts. And then they made a couple movies, so they, if mm-hmm. nothing else, you probably know them from the movies. And there's where, like TV specials when I was a kid. Like there was like a Garfield Christmas. Calvin and Hobbes was one of those comic strips. Mm-hmm. But for all these comic strips, you could buy like the compilation right. uh, books of all of their comics. But yeah, so Jen kind of covered it. There's Garfield didn't like Mondays. He liked lasagna. <laughs> That's really all of us, isn't it? Yeah. Was, Garfield so. was the avatar for all of us. <laughs> he was the everyman. Except he didn't like Odie, his you know, doggy brother. Yeah, true. Odie was kind of cute. and yeah. He was always very mean to Odie. He was. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Robin wants to know what her butt is. And everybody thinks to demurs. themselves. Yeah. Now, this is unusual because I, I feel like the gang would have told her these things. I'm yeah. not sure why. I think they were sort of repeating the theme that they were thinking it during the flashbacks. Yeah, that makes and sense. And so now they're thinking it here. So it was, uh, you know, afraid of commitment. She's a gun nut. Barney's kind of funny with she's Canadian. Like, that's a big deal breaker. <laughs> right. And Marshall's is, she didn't like Field of Dreams. Yeah. We go, that, that's a... They come back to this, yeah, from time to time. Yeah, but which one did we cover this in? I can't remember anymore, because we have discussed it. It was when Ted and Robin were dating, I think. We're now at McLaren's. Barney's sitting at the booth with an eye patch on. (laughs) Gives one to Ted. He thinks this is the ultimate icebreaker. We kind of covered this in Seinfeld, although Kramer wanted to try an eye patch for a new look. He felt like he was was stagnating, so he needed a new look. I don't remember that. It wasn't specifically to pick up women. How would would an eye patch work for you if you were single? And would that be a plus or a minus? I mean, I don't want to be ableist here. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I, I, you know, I think... An an eye patch doesn't necessarily do anything for me. I guess there's a story behind it. And I guess that's what Barney's trying to get at is like, okay, we can come up with this really cool story. But yeah, I don't know how many people are going to be like... Hey, you have an eye patch on. <laughs> what happened to your eye? Like, does he have to volunteer that information? Like, it's a clearly, it's not a well thought out uh, plan, as Ted points out. <laughs> well, remember when what's his name on sign, uh, Saturday Night Live really stepped in it with going after Congressman Dan Crenshaw and his right. eye patch, and yeah, you know, it was sort of a an obvious joke of oh, I think this Republican's so evil, he's wearing an eye patch kind of thing. Oh, I but, actually never saw that skit. I didn't either. I think it was more of a... It wasn't a skit. It was, I think, commentary on... Like a weekend update. Yeah, a weekend update, oh, I believe. Okay. And, you know, how, how, how evil... I think it was sort of a how evil is this Republican Congress that's coming in. I mean, hell, one of them looks like a James Bond villain with an eye patch kind of thing. And, oh. um, and then he got a lot of hate mail and hate right. tweets and stuff right, that, hey, this guy lost his eye and... Iraq. Right. Although Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Crenshaw ended up having a fairly good sense of humor about it and said, hey, I get it. It's not, it's not a bad joke. <laughs> but you should know, you know. What I don't like is Barney's backstory for the eye. <laughs> now, I, it's supposed to be bad. Otherwise, Ted I, might actually right. go along with it. Yeah. No, I like it just so Ted can point out the obvious flaw in this argument. We both got this. bit in the eye. <laughs> right. That makes it a little funny, but it doesn't make me enjoy having to sit through the story that Barney, the, the yarn that Barney's weaving here. I like it because, yeah, it's this big, he thinks he's thought it all the way through, but he doesn't actually talk about how they lost their eyes or why they both 
have eye patches. <laughs> Sorry, it's, they're, they're different eyes. Right. We get an exterior shot of New York City with Robin and George, the guy that Lily set him up with, the dad, walking on the street. And George's a good-looking guy. He's sort of... If, if Greg Kinnear and Brad Pitt had a love child, this would be George. George sort of reminds me of Brad Pitt in Mr. and Mrs. Smith when Brad Pitt had sort of the, the crew cut like that. Okay, I can see that. Not even a crew cut, but just, what would you call it? A, just shorter. Just a tight, you yeah. know, buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I, I'm trying to also think of how appropriate is it for a teacher to set up a parent with a friend like? I don't think it's so bad. Okay. It just seems weird. That doesn't put out any red... Yeah, I mean, not a red flag, but it just seems like an odd thing to do. I think it would make more sense if she was just like, oh, I know this guy, or, you know, he's friends of a friend, or... You, you mean if they rewrote the story, so yeah. it's not a dad. But, right. But... Well, okay. Yeah, they could have done it that way. I don't know. It just, it, it's not a huge this, deal breaker, but I just... This show, the way this show has aged, that is like one of the very oh, yeah, yeah. Of least things we got to worry about. And we, no, it just we, seems like we still enjoy talking about this show, even despite you know some of the way that right. some of the stories don't hold up as well with, yeah. uh, under under today's very you know tight lens. But well, I think th- this the only reason I really bring it up is that bad. like it just seems like sloppy writing on the like Lily setting people up thing. Like she wouldn't set Ted up with somebody who had a restraining order on a past boyfriend. She wouldn't set Barney up with anybody. And so this is just like a third in that line of like, eh, this could have been more well thought out. But yeah. You know, when you pumping out 22 episodes a season, I get it. Like, And I forgive them all of this because all of it is funny. Yes. Yeah, it's fine. Just and also it sets, up, no reason. it sets up some good lines for Lily. Yeah. yeah knowing who the does. kid actually is. Right. And then, yeah, it does play. Well, you too, Actually, right? yeah. And now I think about it, you need it because mm-hmm. the picture. The picture. All right. So... Robin's reporting back to Lily, and she says he's a great guy. It was a wonderful date. But when George brought up the kid, Robin says, I can't wait to meet him, and makes it seem like she likes kids. Right, which was a weird thing to do. And Lily says, you would have met him sooner or later. Robin says, I was just hoping for later, like 20 years when I'm a cougar, and he's as hot as his dad. I kind of like that line. (laughs) Anticipated that maybe she could date his son later on. (laughs) And then this is where we get a good line from Lily related to her being his kindergarten teacher that, yeah, don't be scared. He's not going to bite. He He may may bite. bite. (laughs) We're hand biting. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good line. And then we get one of the... Just the epitome of... (laughs) We get one of the best exchanges in all of How I Met Your Mother. Indeed. And I'm going to read this. Robin says, why is this kid around anyway? Shouldn't he be with his mom? What kind of lawyer does this guy have if he has to take care of his kid all the time? Lily goes, a good one. He won full custody. Robin, he won? He won. Oh, God. Getting the kid is winning, isn't it? <laughs> Don't tell anyone I said that. And you can just see it dawning on her. Like, oh, that that's is, a thing. <laughs> that's so well written. And you could almost, it's cartoony, but you could almost see someone that mm-hmm. is single, doesn't know a lot of parents, right. doesn't want kids, thinking, well, if you divorce, why well, you would obviously want the kid to be with the other parent. <laughs> Not you. Right. I think that, you know, and that was probably a big thing with dads, you know, back in the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, that when the divorce happened, they would be the one to move out. Mm-hmm. 
uh, the kid would stay with the mother and they'd get, you know, visitation or they'd get to take them a couple times a week. Or mm-hmm. It's really now that you see a lot more of, you know, they're with him this week, they're with her that week. Right. Where yeah, you see that, that sort of even 50/50. distribution. And, I, you know, I think that's a really good development that dads are taking yeah. on half of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, your parents got divorced, you know, when you were in your mid-teens. I right. was three. And I think I would have really liked to have gone that 50-50 between my mom mm-hmm. and dad. He only, uh, you know. He did the stereotypical 80s dad yeah, divorce thing. <laughs> we were with him on Wednesdays after school, and he brought us home at like 9. And every other weekend. And then, No, every weekend. Oh, every, was every weekend? We were with him every Saturday. But okay, we didn't spend so that's the night. actually more than, I think, a lot was every other weekend. And like Wednesdays was kind of like the common yeah, he, he would get us in the morning on Saturday, and then he'd bring us back for dinner. Um, I don't think my mom would have liked that setup because I, I think she would have had trouble being without us during a, yeah. a whole week. Sure. Uh, but I, I think we would probably have enjoyed that now. we He would take us on vacations. If she had to travel for work, he would sometimes keep us overnights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was a comfortable setup. But, I, yeah, I think I would have enjoyed the back and forth. I don't know. I feel like... If we ever got divorced, like, what would we do? I think we'd do, as long as you weren't moving back to Pittsburgh or something. I feel like, I kind of like the idea I've seen of, like, people will kind of, like, have a house, and the parent kind of comes and goes from the house. Where do they go? I guess they have their own apartment, or their own other place that they live. So I guess, in theory, you're actually then paying three rents slash mortgages, so maybe you you have to be fairly comfortable to do that, (laughs) but... I kind of like that set because then the kid doesn't have to move. The kid's always in the same place. Yeah, I feel like if something happened with us, it'd be like, let's just stay in the house. <laughs> it's really expensive around yeah, here. Yeah, let's... Can we not have to pay for two houses? <laughs> right. Okay. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Right. We have no plan. <laughs> We're back in McLaren's, and they're back to talking about, you know, eye patches and... Barney accuses Ted of not participating in these attempts to to meet women. Ted says people with real game don't need these gimmicks, and he's right. Mm-hmm. So they they have a lot of back and forth between them. It starts it's, out bad and then ends up okay. It's it's a big <laughs> quality versus quantity thing. I kind of like the the game talk. Cornish, you know. I'm yeah, like I don't, I really don't like that you can't spell game without me and me has the best game. Like, what does that even mean? But then, yeah, we get the Cornish game hen. The it's New like York you can't State. spell, you know, win I mean, yes, without. I get that, but it just doesn't, I don't like the structure of that sentence. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't the better part of it. The Cornish game hen. I like Ted's. Well, I'm the game, well crafted, keep you guessing, <laughs> thriller starring Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. That, that is a good is a movie. Good movie. <laughs> And then Marshall shows up, and <laughs> we get kind of pathetic Marshall that just desperately well, wants to be part of... And before we get there, he, his first comment is that... Oh, right, right, right. He thought... He, he sees Ted and says, oh, you're here. He <laughs> thought Ted was next to him in the stall, and he said a lot of, you know... Inappropriate things to somebody that had similar shoes on. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's making come-on jokes to him, but turned out it wasn't him. Right. And that comes back. <laughs> yes. So then, yeah, Marshall finds out, you know, what they're talking about and, as always, wants to be part of the single guy game. Even Yeah, though this is a great not. interaction. It's 
everything about this is so funny, like just structured throughout the whole episode. <laughs> Barney with, which one of us has more game? Marshall says, neither of you guys has any game, right? Or else you'd be married like me. <laughs> right. If dating's the game, oh, marriage Marshall. is winning the game. <laughs> okay. I mean, for you, yes, but then don't try and get in on this. <laughs> I mean, I think he makes a fair argument, but yeah, Barney and Ted aren't buying it, but... This was a little bit of masculinity shaming, but uh, Ted says, yeah, if you're playing in the women's league, which I thought was funny, even though it was, you know. And also, like, Ted's goal in life is to get married also. True. All right, Barney. (laughs) Marshall goes, you're joking. I have mad game bra. I like Barney's. Okay, we agreed not to ever say bra anymore. It was a good week. We had a lot of fun, (laughs) but it's over. Yeah, that was a good line. And he also has the, your idea of good game is slapping on a Dr. Seuss hat and flashing two tickets to a Spin Doctor's concert. Right, because that was... The look and yeah, the thing what was going in the on 90s. when he last needed to date. Well, that wasn't in the 2000s. But it, w- his point was that the last time Marshall was single, right. people were wearing the Dr. Seuss hat. Yeah. So to our younger audience who might not have been around during <laughs> oh this era, God. there's a period in the 90s where... It's like a couple of months, I feel like. It wasn't very long. I doubt it was anywhere, in the, but in the U.S., where people were wearing these Dr. Seuss-type... Like cat-in-the-hat-esque. Yeah, tall, like, top hat. Sometimes they were furry. With stripes. Yeah, so just picture a cat-in-the-hat hat, and people were wearing those to clubs. And... I was in middle school, and one of my friend's older brothers had one of those, and I had the biggest crush on him. <laughs> <laughs> and not because of the hat, despite the hat. But so the hat, was, the hat was his butt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had an opinion Did someone try and, try and introduce you to him? And like, he's really funny, he's cute. <laughs> but, and then in their head, they're like, but he wears a Dr. Seuss hat. I feel like dance, it was okay at the time. I mean, again, I was in middle school, so I'm sure it was considered quirky or something, not super weird. Um, but I guess they kind of leave out that, you know, Marshall was single for a brief moment, you know, a year or two ago. And he didn't have game, but right. he met right. women. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a... He was able to potentially pick up women and then Barney sabotaged him, but they kind of skip over that whole thing. Yeah, in general for Marshall... You know, he's tall, he's good-looking, he's a lawyer, or he was at least in law school at the time. He's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he's, doesn't have game, but he has appeal. Mm-hmm. He has a package. Until he dances. <laughs> right. <laughs> Marshall's response. What? I'm not irrelevant. I know tons of stuff. I can help you guys. I don't want to be, be left, left out. out. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to know one of my lines? <laughs> Are you a model? That one's good. It's flattering. To the girl. I like how he's coming in and out. Right. Barney and Ted are stuff. completely ignoring him, just having their own conversation where Barney's pointing out that, like, he's slept with more women, so clearly he wins. And Ted's argument is that he gets better quality girls. Like, Barney will just sleep with whoever. I want to do an experiment for the podcast. Okay. When COVID's cleared up quite a bit and we can be back out at a bar... Mm-hmm. I want to you to, you pick out the girl and I'll go up to her and I'll be like, "Are you a model?" <laughs> and just see how she reacts, and then we'll, we'll report back to the to the podcast. I feel like that does not work when you're in your mid forties, but I guess you can find out. What if she like really was in? Oh, thank you. No, what's your name? <laughs> That's not gonna probably happen, but. 
I, I would still like to experiment with this and do like a all right out out of five times. <laughs> So Barney then challenges Ted to a picking up girls Olympiad. There will be 26 <laughs> events spread out over 11 weeks. They'll travel to a neutral city where a panel of international judges, and then Ted breaks in and is like, no, let's just pick a girl. <laughs> We're just going to pick a girl and whoever Closes the gets deal. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, you know, again, that doesn't age very well, having a challenge so you can sleep with a girl first. Right. But, okay, let's just put that behind us. <laughs> but we, have to, we have to acknowledge it and then yeah, let's yeah. put it behind us for sure. the story. But then a little bit, or, you know, a couple lines earlier, Ted points out that, um, well, Barney had mentioned, you know, the number of women he had slept with. And was like, Ted, you've seen my list. And we get Ted being like, I did not ask to see that list. Yeah. I'm horrified by it. They go back to a list quite a bit with Barney. We even yeah. get a point where the list he's point. about to do 200. Mm-hmm. And then there's a renumbering issue. Right. Barney pulls a nice one where he says, before we start, why don't we jot down a few basic ground rules? And he hands Ted a pen. And, and Ted's like, up. yeah, Ted's like, okay, great. Rule number one. And then Barney walks away to go talk to the girl they already picked out. And so Marshall tries to hop in again with, well, one time I used that model line, I got over the shirt boob action. Out of just say no assembly. Which is, yeah, the kind getting over the shirt, groping a girl. Although it sounds like maybe she was okay with it, but still, at a just say no assembly is a, right. a good a good sight gag. And Ted's just like, you're bumming everybody out. <laughs> yeah. They do this a lot. Just stop. You're bumming everyone out. And so we see the girl that they picked out slap Barney, and Ted starts to write down rule number two, which is this bet is for $1 million. Yeah, that was a good touch. <laughs> so Barney t- says that, you know, I already slept with her, so I went. <laughs> right. I slept with her a year ago. I forgot about it, so I won. How did... Okay, so we know what what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. How did he come up with this out of nowhere? Because he's Barney. This was just brilliant. Yeah. He, he plays such a long game on these things. <laughs> I did wonder that. Like, yeah, did he just spur the moment come up with that? Or is this something he's been kind of, like, coming up with for a while? And this is just yeah, the like opportunity Yeah, he's been storyboarding it, it right. somewhere. So Barney says he can't sleep with her again. She hates him. Ted's like, oh, well. You know, I like Ted's... Uh, I can, take my, I can take my sweet time. And Marshall goes, Ted, she's leaving. Get out of my way. <laughs> right. And then um, we get... The bathroom buddy <laughs> guy. Back. Yeah. The guy who Marshall was speaking to in the bathroom comes up and gives him a card. And Marshall points out, look who's got game. I like that Marshall's excited mm-hmm. to have been hit on and... Right. Okay. Or actually his game, because he was the one that was... Potentially, I guess, hitting on this other guy. and I think the point I'm making is that even at this point where, you know, this show is questionable about some of its stances towards masculinity and stuff, mm-hmm. he wasn't embarrassed or right, right. upset about this. Well, it was similar to, like, when they went to the gay bar and they could get first, they didn't on. appreciate getting yeah. hit on. They weren't offended. Right. I think a lot of, I don't, it probably doesn't happen as much, but a lot of straight people get mad when a guy hits on them because it makes them feel like, that's someone telling that. them that they appear to be homosexual. Mm-hmm. And and people with sort of masculinity issues will call foul on that and get really pissed mm-hmm. off. And Yeah, and that's interesting. And I feel like, I don't want to say we're out of the real world, but we're in a very liberal area. We've lived in 
a very liberal area for a very long time, so I don't know that we have the same perspective that, you know, of what it would be like in other places. Like, around here, it's just like, eh, everybody is typically fine with, you know, <laughs> whatever your choice is. Yeah, and I saw an interesting conversation. This was years ago on Facebook where a guy I knew from the past, we were Facebook friends, you know, more, actually now we're not, but we were Facebook friends for a little while. And he was complaining that a guy that, you know, he sort of saw at the gym as he had left the gym and was going to his car, approached him and hit on him. And he was pissed off. And for the reasons I'm, I'm talking about right now. Yeah, so you just blew my argument out of the water. <laughs> someone responded. Well, this was like, this could have been like five years ago, maybe six years ago. Okay. Someone responded to his comments saying, maybe you should just take it as a compliment. Mm-hmm. And then someone else pointed out that women have the same complaint of, you know, this, these guys are hitting on me. I don't like it. And, so, and then they're told, you should just take it as a compliment. <laughs> right. And it's sort of an interesting turnaround on. Right. That's not sort of, that's not really an okay response to a woman anymore. But it's sort of an okay, I guess maybe it's not an okay response to a guy that's offended, but it's sort of a complicated area. And I thought that was sort of an interesting yeah, back and forth that, that I saw there. And I think there's, I don't know. Yeah, it's, again, we haven't been in the dating world in a very long time, but I think it's interesting. Like, I guess there's a line between being too aggressive. Like, if you express interest in somebody and they say no thank you or whatever, you just move on versus then getting offended. Like, if somebody turns you down and then getting aggressive in response. There's, it's, it's a move, the goalposts of it are moving constantly. It's hard to keep up with it. You know, there's things that we know are inappropriate now, and mm-hmm. there's things that are appropriate right now that may not be appropriate in two years from now that people finally come out and say, hey, that bothers us, so mm-hmm. stop doing that. Um, you know, we see a lot of that of, you know, this thing that you thought was okay 10 years ago is not okay today, right. and we're finally telling you that this bothers us, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be tolerated anymore. Right. So, yeah, I, I think there's things that are, seem okay right now that we'll find out later we're bothering people. But yeah, let's. I, I just thought that was sort of an interesting back and forth. Yeah, um, that is You're giving me something to think about. All right, so that has been social commentary section of the podcast. <laughs> George and Robin are sitting together. Looks like they're well. They're drinking wine at the at his uh, dining room table in his apartment, and there's some back and forth about whether you know how much she likes kids and right. she's she obviously tries for <laughs> half a second. <laughs> she's obviously inadequate at, as at being a person who likes kids or even knows anything about kids. Yeah. And so Robin says, I mean, I, she, she bursts out with, I hate kids. And she says, I mean, I don't hate kids. I'm just not a kid person. I mean, yeah, it's cute that their shoes are real little, <laughs> but beyond that, what's the draw? <laughs> I like that line. So George has a mind. Yeah, and he says, yeah. He's, he's not, in a very good place mentally. Right. He's not looking for a mom for his kid. Like, Let's take things slow. He's dating <laughs> other women. Right, which we don't know yet. Right. But, yeah, and that's exactly what they did. And on a totally different day, that was definitely not the next morning, <laughs> we see Robin in bed. and I guess George just leaves and then his kid comes home? In the morning, it's yeah, that was confusing. A, that was a big mistake happening. by George. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess thing, plans could change. I'm just trying to think of the, the time frame and 
It's sort of like, I got to go to work. Why don't you go ahead and take your time and leave? Right. You know, just lock the door behind you. And maybe he forgot or maybe the ex-wife. But she why would they? Be in school, yeah. Like, or they, she shouldn't be dropping off the kid to be by himself. He's only right. six. Not even. Five or six. Yeah, yeah five. Because he's in kindergarten. Yeah, it's... It's very confusing. We should point out this is the same kid that Marshall (laughs) Marshall. got into it with. Now, this is Super Bowl. Yeah, and this is two years later. So this kid should not be. Oh. This is not her student anymore. Good point. And this kid was five. Now, it might not be the same kid. Right. It might just be the same actor. Same actor playing a different kid. Because I don't know if we ever found out that kid's name from the Super Bowl episode. And I don't know that we find out this kid's name. Yeah, his name's Doug. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I forgot. Like, I knew that, yeah, he had reappeared, but I didn't think of, like, the timeline of, yeah, now he would be a few years older. He looks exactly the same. He didn't do much growing in the two years. I guess he started smoking or something. (laughs) Maybe his stand-in, who's a little person, got him to smoke so that... (laughs) So he wouldn't grow. A a la Seinfeld. (laughs) So, anyway, regardless of how this happened or why this happened, Robin is now alone with this child. And so her first response is to call Lily. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's remind, here. It's looking at me. It reminds me of a movie of some sort, and I can't think of what it is. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's an exact quote off something, but I think that's just the theme. Is it's like, yeah, kind of supposed to be <laughs> a it's like a horror movie. Yeah. And so Robin decides, okay, I'm going to talk to this kid. And she says, my name is Robin. He says... It's a bird's That's name. It's a bird's name. <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually a type of bird. But he points out that his friend has a parakeet named Robin, so there. <laughs> and he wants to talk in Morse code. He's kind of being annoying, going beep, 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 and going towards her as she's trying to read a newspaper. And I will say, <laughs> this is exactly what it's like to have a kid. Yeah, I was going to say, if we sub our kid in here, he'd be like, hey, do you want me to give you a Harry Potter quiz? <laughs> which, which Harry Potter uh, character would you like to be? <laughs> which Harry Potter house are you in? Um, what are the, <laughs> I'm trying to some of the other ones. What would be what would be your favorite Harry Potter class? What would, what professor would you like to be? What spell do you like the best? <laughs> it's nonstop, and I think we have a couple years ahead of us. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this is what happens when you have an outgoing kid. You just talk to anybody about anything. So he asks her to make him some cereal, and she's there's a little back and forth about. Whether you pour the cereal or the milk first. In what world do you pour the milk first? No, I, I've never heard of that before. Doesn't make any sense. But he wants to know why she's wearing his dad's pants. So she, <laughs> milk <laughs> first it is. <laughs> they're eating it. They're at the table together. Robin's reading the paper. Doug wants to know what she's reading. She says the business section, which seems off-brand to me, that Robin's reading the business section of the newspaper. Yeah, and she's got some opinions about it, too. So. And this is very timely, because we're in 2007. This was oh, this yeah. episode came out in October, and she says the Fed's going to lower rates again to bail out these subprime lenders. Bunch of idiots. Now, this is right around the Great Recession crash. Right. And yeah, I looked up when the Great Recession started. It said December 2007, but that might have been when the financial piece of it finally hit. Right. But when it came out that, you know, the market was crashing, I mean, that might that was right around then because I remember that was during the election. Um, There's a big hubbub about how uh, John McCain was going to go back 
to Washington to help create bills to try and, you know, recover from this thing. Mm, okay. And, you know, half of the people were like, you know, <clears throat> don't abandon the... The campaign. The campaign, that's a bad mistake. And the other half were like, you know, Do Obama should be going back, too, because <laughs> yeah. he's a senator. But at any rate, I, I, I would love to know where this was written in that time frame. Did they predict this a little bit, or... <laughs> It had to be a reaction, because it's right on the nose. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Okay. So they bond a little bit about, you know, calling people's names. It's okay if, it, if it's true kind of thing. <laughs> right. So we find out that Ted and Stacy, the girl from the bar, have been dating, and he's starting to like her, which I guess that's good, since we get a he's montage. trying to sleep with her. <laughs> we get a montage of, of them doing things together. And then him and Barney are at McLaren's, and Ted gets a call from her. She's going to be in yoga. I like how he says to Barney, she's strengthening her core. That's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Sort of rubbing it all in. <laughs> and he says to her after, you know, obviously she said, see you later, alligator, because he responds back on his end after a while, crocodile. And again, he's rubbing it in on Barney. And he's you know telling him that he that she plays bass in a reggae band. We do we already know that his dream is to date a girl who plays bass guitar. I can't remember I, if we already know that. I don't know. I can picture it coming up in a future episode, but I can't remember if that's the first time or if we've learned it already. <laughs> uh, she she looks. Not quite the type to play bass in a reggae band, but let's not yeah, I, judge by I, I the book by its cover. I did think about that for a second, but wasn't Marshall also in like a, a funk band at one point? Mm-hmm. The funk, all the funk, and nothing but the funk. <laughs> right. So Barney says, oh, does she know that one song? Machaka, mm, Machaka. Mm, oh, what is that song called? Oh, right. It's called Every Reggae Song. Now, that's not even close. I mean, reggae songs don't all sound alike. It's a genre, so yes, there is going to be some similarities Mm -hmm. in beat and composition, but in topics. Musicologist over here. (laughs) We got a a regular uh, musicologist over here. (laughs) Marshall ran some numbers. He comes in. He's not irrelevant. And he he does the math. He's um, been together with 10, 10 years, two times a week, 17 times more on the honeymoon. Anyways. And again, they skip the part where they were apart for six months. He talks about the two-week drought. <laughs> he said the checker at the grocery store reminded him of a young Lily, but not the six months that they lived in different cities. Now, do you think of that? Is it possible that young Lily ended up being stripper Lily later on? Mm, interesting. Yeah. We got a whole fan fiction thing going on. <laughs> and I will say that Lily was pretty excited that there was a stripper that looked like her. Right. That was her doppelganger. And there's there's such an obsession around doppelgangers mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm surprised Lily was so mad. Right, yeah, this was before the doppelgangers really became a thing. So, yes, Marshall has done the math, and it's 1,053 and a half times, because his mom called once. And that's more times than Barney has ever had sex, and Lily is quality, which is Ted's argument, so Marshall wins, lawyered. Doesn't count. <laughs> like Ted's, you're right. It counts. It counts as one. You've had sex once. How, How was it? <laughs> I still matter. <laughs> and then Barney starts kind of negging Ted about, you know, okay, yeah, go go along with it, you know. She's a wonderful girl. I, I should know. know. Yeah. Ted Ted catches on to what he's doing, but then 
Barney gives a great speech here. <laughs> We've never shared a woman, have we, Ted? And I like how he goes to the number of showers. Right. 200 showers ago. Is that enough? you got to ask yourself, Ted, is 200 enough? <laughs> and then he talks about how, you know, you don't want to be the second guy to climb Mount Everest. And like how he says, um, just like the second guy to climb Mount Everest, you know what? I don't mind. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ted says that first, and Barney says, no, of course you don't mind. Just like the second guy to climb Mount Everest. Didn't mind getting all the way to the top, only to find Sir Edmund Hillary's flagpole thrust into its supple peak. And it's like such a <laughs> sexual description of a mountain. Right. Now, that second guy, whoever he was, I don't know him off the top of my head, knew that Sir Edmund Hillary was already there. It's not like Sir Edmund Hillary died when he got to the top and no one knew that whether he got there or not. Right. Well, I think that's to Barney's point. Ted knows. Oh, okay. Maybe. Uh, Ted shakes this off. Barney does a... <laughs> goes even further with, you know, he's going to be kissing what he's already kissed, nuzzled what he's already nuzzled, and going... I'm, I can't do it very well, but... <laughs> a motorboat. <laughs> yeah. On places that he's already gone. On. Okay, we cut back to the apartment with Lily and Robin. Oh, wait, hold on. There's one more good part where um, Ted is still trying to hold it together and say, like, you know, I'm not not worried about it. I'm not afraid of catching your cooties. And so Barney offers him his drink and says, like, like prove yeah, it. yeah, take a sip. And Ted won't do it. And Barney points out that he only stirred that with his pinky. <laughs> yeah, now that I'm looking at the lines of that, that makes more sense to me what he means. <laughs> okay. So Robin and Lily back at the apartment. Robin says, guess who loves, guess who kids love? They love Robin. Doug thinks he's cool. But she's going to have to break up with George. Yeah, it's a very weird turnaround. Like. She just can't do the kid thing. And so it's better to end it now. And I, I guess that's fair that she thought it was going to be a long time before she met the kid. Right. And all of a sudden it's thrust in front of her. But, you know, it's fair to do it before he gets too attached. Lily thinks it's too late because she has a picture the kid did that says, My new mommy. With a picture of Robin, or a woman with brown hair and earrings. Robin doesn't think it's a picture of her. She's going to ask the guys. And Marshall says, oh, that's totally you. I like how Ted comes up and goes, hey, who drew a picture of Robin? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they, they, they they give her a real tough time about this. Right. And then Lily gives really bad advice here, saying if you're going to break up with the dad, you have to break up with the kid, too. Yeah, I don't think that's right. They hung out once for 15 minutes. Yeah, the kid's going to forget her in a week. And actually, he forgot her in less time. Right. Yeah, it's bizarre. So we go to Stacy's place. She's there with Ted. She had a nice time tonight. He did, too. Um, Ted goes in for a kiss. And then he imagines a little Barney in a safari outfit on Stacy's lip. And he's got that <laughs> voice I described that I thought might have been altered, but Barney, we've heard him do that before. Mm-hmm. The little Barney yeah. voice. The little, little Barney. <laughs> so we're seeing all the places that Barney's been. It's funny because the look on Ted's face is one of such horror but imagine you're talking to someone, you're just going to make out. <laughs> right. And then and they, they, and then they had a horror look on their face. It's like, is there something, you know, is there something wrong? <laughs> right. 
And so, yeah, all of a sudden, in his imagination, there's like ten little Barneys just crawling all over. I like his. From this spot, I also launched an expedition down to those large ridges down there. Right. All right, so we cut away from that after she says, ask him if something's wrong. So we get, so yeah, we get Robin going over to Doug's apartment to break up with his kid? Or both or of them? I don't know. I, we don't know if she's already broken up with... It's unclear, and it's very confusing to me, and I guess, like, I'm slightly defensive as a parent, where I'm like, don't come in my house and talk to my kid if I'm not there. Well, he's there. He's in the shower. Right, but he's not there for the conversation. It's sure. all very weird to me. And then, you know, Doug says, I wrote a poem. You want to hear it? He says, she says, sure, why not? Doug goes, to my new mommy, and Robin goes... <laughs> You're pretty, you're nice, and you smell like daisies. I like Robin's. Oh, that's sweet, even though it doesn't rhyme. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So she tries to figure out how to break up with him, realizes that he'd never been dumped before, so she can throw all the cliches out there. Yeah, this is kind of good. Yeah, it's funny. And then... She could use some space right now. It's not you, it's me. Um, You deserve someone better. I'm trying to focus on my career. Hope we can just still be friends. And then Brooke shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Robin answers the door inexplicably. Because, again, this is not her house. <laughs> and so she sees Brooke and has a flash of the picture and realizes that this picture is not of her, it's of Brooke. Brooke thinks she's the babysitter. And it turns out that picture was of Brooke. Right, so she makes a quick exit to run to the bathroom, which gives Robin time to confront Doug about. <laughs> uh, Doug, the kid that's playing Doug does this so well. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Why would I draw a picture of you? Yeah, apparently Brooke's only been on two dates and Robin's been on five, but he likes her better. They connected. I like how Doug says, why are you going, getting so upset, Roberta? <laughs> Robin, like the bird. Whatever. <laughs> I like, And then Doug does one of the classic breakups with her. Like, you're, Look, you're great, but... There's always a but. We go back to McLaren's. Ted confesses that he broke up with Stacy. And we get a really uh, stupid throwaway line, which I actually kind of enjoy the more I think about it. (laughs) Yeah, you were stuck in my head like a Chumbawamba song. We get Marshall, (laughs) which Chumbawamba song? (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of a thinker. (laughs) Like, it seems like, yeah, kind of dumb at first. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, there is only one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It sneaks up on you as a good joke. For, for those of you who don't remember or are too young to know who Chumbawamba was, they had a hit song in the 90s? Yeah, because yeah. it was right after I got out of college. They were It was big. And it was someone like, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yep. Yeah, so that, that, that was like one of the top one-hit wonders of all time. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't have any other song that made it to the radio. Nope. So I just thought that was funny the more I thought about it. Barney's starting to act like he's going to win. Ted's like, what do you mean win? You couldn't even talk to her. You tried. You got slapped. Barney says, that's what you think happened. And then we get a flashback of Barney walking away, approaching the girl, and just basically saying, hey, uh, my friend wants to talk to you. He's a little shy. He thinks that, you know, you're pretty, but you won't go for a guy like him. Slap me. I'll tell him it's because I used a lame line. Mm -hmm. And that'll encourage him to come over. And she thinks it's really sweet of him. Slaps him. And so what he has now set up is that, you know, however nice Ted is, Barney is always the guy that's nicer because he helped set them up. And Barney's been capturing all of this 
all these clues to use against Ted. Um, well, I do like Barney's line where Ted asks him, like, wait, so you never slept with her? Not even at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then we get, yeah, the, the yoga, the see you later, alligator, the reggae band, and Barney is, you know, <laughs> noted all of those things and made a run-in with Stacy outside of yoga. He pretends to be a huge fan of reggae, and then times it so that he says, see you later, alligator, at the same time as her. Mm-hmm. I like when <laughs> he's like, wow, take care. Namaste. <laughs> and then when she walks away, he throws the yoga mat into the trash can. And then Ted's like, you're a sociopath. And that was my yoga mat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good add-in. <laughs> yeah. It could have it stuck with just you're a sociopath, because he is. But and yeah, the yoga mat makes it better. <laughs> he gets referred to a sociopath a lot. He's definitely a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, sociopath. Thank you. I've been saying soci. Sociopath. Uh, that comes up a lot on that, again, with this podcast about 90210, mm-hmm. how they're always talking about a sociology class. And the two commenters <laughs> are like, it's sociology. If that's going to be your major, you should know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Whose major was sociology? Well, like the freshman year, there was a whole bunch of things around the sociology class, and oh, they kept okay. calling it sociology. Oh, and then Barney gets a phone call while they're still there. This is clearly after Ted's broken up with Stacy, and he's like, hey, Stace, what happened? He did not. Stay there. I'll be right over. Right. <laughs> and Ted just grumbles to himself that he should have wore the stupid eye patch. <laughs> Great line. We go to Lily and Robin in the apartment, and Robin's sitting there uh, scooping ice cream into her mouth, and Lily's like, I can't believe he, he got dumped by a six-year-old. And Robin goes, whatever, he's a stupid head. I like it. Yeah, I like when they, <laughs> they use you know kid stuff. Yeah, it's funny. We end with... Barney and Stacy in Stacy's apartment. She's playing bass reggae for him, which, yeah, does sound kind of crappy. And he looks so bored. Yeah, he's trying not to fall asleep and kind of wakes up at the end of it and claps. And it turns out they've been together for a little while now. She's making him wait a while for any physical activity. And he's got to come watch her play at a reggae concert or festival Get there at 9, and it's kind of muddy, so I guess he won't be wearing a suit. And they'll be on sometime between 11 and (laughs) 6. And then he sees a little Ted dancing (laughs) Dancing on (laughs) on Barney's shoulder, I mean on Stacy's shoulder. And I I really enjoy this dance, actually. (laughs) This is probably my favorite dance scene ever in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, it's very Josh Ratner does a good job. I did just watch the pilot of Hunters, the one, the show that Josh Ratner's on now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Was a good start. Okay, I like I liked how it began. Have you heard? Are there going to be more seasons of it? Yeah, they've already done two seasons, and I think there's already a third that's been oh, okay. confirmed. Cool. You have to let me know if it's good. I will. And that is it for the show. Yeah, but we are at the end. What is your favorite line? Do you have a favorite um, joke? I think the whole thing with Robin and Lily talking about full custody and winning. And yeah, that, that was that was my favorite thing. Oh. Oh, getting custody is winning. <laughs> right. That's that's a great line. That's one of my favorite lines of of all time for how I met your mother. And then my least favorite is probably the long explanation of the snake bite. There wasn't a lot to pick apart here. Right. There were so many good lines in this episode. Yeah, I just I 
talked about it earlier, but the, you know, you can't spell game without me, and me has the best game. Yeah, that was, that didn't bother me. It was, wasn't great, but it didn't bother me. Yeah, I think it's a tie between that and the, I don't want to push a Ferrari through my vagina. JJ. Yeah. <laughs> so, where do you think I ranked this? 42. No, it's number five. What? Yes. Wow. Number five, the highest ranked one we've covered so far. I did something, oh, Doe is a tree plus. No, no, um... Arrivederci Fiera was number nine. Okay. And so I have this. Number five. Yes. This is completely rewatchable. It has so many laugh out loud lines to it. Uh, The way they structured it was creatively done brilliantly. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that you and I say from this episode. (laughs) Uh, The thing about the divorce and and winning or getting custody. Mm -hmm. Um, The reggae thing that you and I always refer back (laughs) to. I think there's more as well, but it's not coming to me. The game, maybe I'm not sure, but anyways, yeah, there there were so many in the, there's so much to love about this episode mm-hmm. that it is now you, you listeners that now have listened to two of my top ten wow. commentaries. I did not see that coming. Okay, ha! Now you have to do one of my chores. Uh, we didn't agree to that. Okay, well here's a pen. You go ahead and write down the rules of this contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> next week we have. How I Met Everyone Else, oh, which okay. is another yeah. brilliant episode yeah. with Blah Blah, mm-hmm. and oh, man, we have such a killer lineup coming up in the next few weeks. Awesome. So I think you're going to hear more frequent posts by us of podcasts. Oh, and here's a teaser. I think, you know, Tyler and I, I got him to finally watch a show that I actually enjoy. He started watching Simpsons with me. And so now we're talking about doing a Simpsons recap, which I think I'll actually put into this feed, just because it's it's a more popular show. We were we did a few for Ninjago, and um, I never you know it's on our website, but I never actually posted them to any of our feeds. But I think uh, we'll see how it goes. But I think I might start posting the Simpsons ones. I might also wait a while to start posting them because I feel like him and I won't do it that often. So right. I don't want to. Start it and then you know have it be a month in between each post. Makes sense. It's tough to podcast with him. It's it would be a hard thing for me to do with him every week because he's jumping all over the place. He's um, seven. Most seven-year-olds don't have podcasts. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> it is difficult to podcast with him. Uh, you are correct. I, I'm not saying you know this is a this is his butt. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, uh, go ahead and tell them where to find us. Find us at RunkleRecaps.com, on Instagram, underscore how I met your podcast, underscore, on Twitter, at RunkleRecaps, and you can email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. Did I say that already? Yeah. No. Okay. I didn't. I don't think so. Okay. All right, everyone. I don't have anything else to add this time. I think I've made enough references to the show. So we'll look forward to next week and have a great holiday. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. 